Hello there. Welcome to Morning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> I never know how to start these anymore. I don't I'm, either. I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Katie. This is a Harry Potter podcast where we're moaning and groaning about bum 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 goblet of fire. Bum, bum 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 bum. I'm so excited. I am too. We're finally to the big books. Woo! I love this book. I do too. I always forget about how good it is until I reread it. Same. We're, and we're being really good. We're staying on it. We literally have only read the first five chapters. Mm-hmm. We're not about to record another one. We're like in it. We're in it one section at a time. One section at a time. We're being very good about it. And I, it's like five chapters in and I'm already like, this book is so good. Yeah, I know. I love it. Like, (laughs) it's it's literally just like like the, the, besides the first chapter, it's just all like, uh, opening book stuff that we get in everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we get to see the Dursleys again and we're back to the world. But it's like, those chapters are so wholesome and fun. They're just like, (laughs) I love them. I love them a lot. So yeah, we're here. Part one of Goblet of Fire. Part one of like 17. I think seven. I think actually seven. Yeah. I think there are seven parts to this one. God damn it. Oh my God. Well, we're here to do it. Um, As usual for these, unless something huge comes up in the meantime, uh, our floods are being replaced by favorite parts of the section. I feel like we're both going to have the same one, but maybe not. Katie, what's your, what's flooding your, what's flooding your toilet about the first five chapters? Just because I know what yours is going to be, I'll do a different one. (laughs) My second favorite part of the section after the entirety of the first chapter is um, just like the Dursleys' interaction with the Weasleys when they come. Like, it's so funny. I love the moments whenever they have to interact with, like... Wizards. Wizards ever. But I think this one is, like, one of the best because, like, they are so overprepared like, I, Uncle Vernon, like, put on his best suit. I know. And Dudley's, like, walking around with his hands clamped over his ass the whole time. <laughs> I just, and it's like, their son is literally in danger when his tongue starts to grow, and they're still like, no, don't I, touch him, I when, know. like, Mr. Weasley's, like, I'm trying like, to help. I think whenever I, like, get to this part or even really think about this book, it's, like, one of the first things that comes to mind is, like, this part and how sad I am that it was never in the movie. I know. The Dursleys I, weren't even in this movie at all. I thought like, that it was, oh. like, so funny. And I it just, do. like, it's, like, it's here we go. Wake up from the nightmare. And it's I get, like, Hermione a little bit. Space. I get so happy, too, whenever it's just, like, all, like, Ron and Fred and George finally get a chance to see Dudley. Like, it's, like, you know they've been looking yes. forward to this for so long because yes. they've heard so much shit about him. <laughs> And I love, like, it literally says, like, Fred and George, like, exchange a look or something, and Harry could just, like, see how excited they were. I think it's crazy how, they, like, like, they literally, I think, twice say that they, um, have, like, evil grins. Yes. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I love it so These much. nightmare children. So, like, that interaction between the Weasleys and the Dursleys is so funny That is a very, me. very good part. I think one, yeah, one of my top favorites of the, of the section. Yeah. But what is your number one favorite part of the section, Emily? <laughs> this first chapter is so fucking good. 
It's so good. It's the first time. I'm like, my number one favorite thing is when it opens not with Harry. Yeah, we've talked about this, like, in other podcasts, that, like, these chapters that open, like, not with Harry are, like, some of our favorite chapters throughout the series in general. They're so So good. So I'm happy we finally got into a book where we can do that. I just love it. And I want to, like, save it because there's a lot to talk about, so I don't want to, like, get too deep into it. But I just love that, like, we open and it's, like, we're getting an immediate follow-up to, like, Wormtail getting away. Right, yeah. And, like, what the consequences of that was. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I love to get to see, um, here's something upsetting that is going to come out of my mouth right now. Prepare yourself. Three, two, one. When I was, uh, listening to this chapter, I couldn't stop thinking about Voldemort because he, like, has an adult voice, even though he's got, like, a little toddler body or whatever. Mm. Right now, like, Frank Bryce is not thinking, like, this child is talking about murder. Yeah. It's like a it's like a scary voice, but like an adult person. And I literally couldn't stop thinking Voldemort is boss baby. Oh my god, is the boss baby? <laughs> I thought, what a fucking oh wild movie that would be. <laughs> boss baby, starring the, Lord Voldemort. One of the hashtags when we eventually post about Instagram when this comes up is going to be boss, boss baby. baby. <laughs> I love it. It'll be the new hashtag. Yes. (laughs) There's just, we can't talk about her this book. I'm putting a ban on it. We talked about her in like every episode of um, Preserve Preserve Azkaban. That was our thing. And it's got to stop. Each book we're going to have a thing. Boss Baby will be our half, our uh, Goblet of Fire. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I love it. There's so many juicy tidbits. It's like, when you know the whole deal and you get the joy of like going back and rereading, it's like, Give me the scraps. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Like, I, I just like right. <laughs> throw me anything and I love it so much. So like it's a it's a good it's a good chapter that has lots of juicy tidbits in it and it's just very excellent and I love it a lot. Mm. So good. That's all I gotta say about that for now, except we're about to get right into it. Yeah, chapter <laughs> one, the riddle house. <laughs> yeah. I always forget that this chapter starts with, like, the explanation of, like, how strange the murders were from, like, the Muggles' point of view. Like, whenever I think of this chapter, I think of, like, oh, Frank overhearing Wormtail and Voldemort and, like, their plans. And I forget, like, the first half of this chapter. Hell no, it gets into them. The family. How unlikable they are. Okay, yeah, this was, like, I took a couple notes for this one, folks. Get ready. I, um... Would like it stated for the record, please. Um, what a bag of dicks Tom Riddle Sr. is described to be. Yes. Even in just one sentence of like, they describe how like awful the parents are and then just say like, and their son was only worse or something yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. And I got a lot to say about it. And of course, so much of this is only going to be able to be talked about in Half-Blood Prince. But I just, this Dumbledore's telling of Merope and Tom Sr. really right. offends me to my core. Right. So we'll talk about it. But I just, like, I want it on the record that this dude's a scumbag. Yeah. It says right From the right first here. time we hear about him. Elderly Mr. and Mrs. Riddle had been rich, snobbish, and rude, and their grown-up son Tom had been, if anything, worse. Their grown-up basement child who yeah. went to go live in the basement. Yeah, the only reason that the villagers even cared about their death was because it was so mysterious, not because they cared that these people were dead. Yeah, because they were real assholes. Yeah. Can we talk about how their, like, local bar is called The Hanged Man? Yes! <laughs> Jesus. I love it. Little Hangleton. 
Good God. I can't. I can't. What an alarming backdrop for some desperate romance and I know. <laughs> death from childbirth. I love it. I I just yeah, you're right. It's like so cool that you get like this little bit of backstory and that it's then gonna come in at the end of the book where, you know, the like two chapter monologue. Well, my father, okay, Draco Malfoy, like, yeah. calm down a minute. Yeah, I get it. You crush up his bones. I don't care. Like, you're fine. Like, right. leave it alone. I, yeah, I just love it. I love it. I love the little bits. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to feed into the big bits, and I love the big it's bits. It's going to be so good. I love it so much. Yeah, and this poor um, gardener who got framed for murder. I know. Who is like... What do they say that his, like, leg is bad and that he, like, has, like, PTSD? I'm assuming this is, like, World War One. Yeah, probably. Couldn't be World War Two, I think. explanation of him or, like, the description. But that, you know, that they say, like, Frank had a hard war and that he came back and he's got, like, a stiff leg and he doesn't talk leg. to people. He's it's very like, deaf. Ugh. This but he still guy. was dedicated to those flower beds. He was, and I like that we get dude. To gardening see him is again. hard work. Yeah, the fact of that like this like seventy-year-old man with a bad leg is like taking care of these huge gardens and yeah. stuff. Like, damn. And that he got like framed for this murder, but then he, like, got cleared of it. But then that he says like he can't call the police because he doesn't trust them. It's so sad. It is really sad. This guy got so badly treated. He's just like a cute, innocent little old man. I know. And I do think, I do like too that they make the point of saying that like the house had had been purchased. Right. At least t- three times since the deaths. Because there were two families that lived there that left. Because it felt creepy. Yeah. And that gave me the thought too of like, okay, yeah, there's like dark magic in there because he like fully... Ripped open his dad's chest and ate his heart whole. <laughs> so that's in that house now. <laughs> oh Along with just, like, the death of it all. But you think about it, like, this fucker, he's not, like, an adult yet. Like, Valdiddle is not here to, like, put a curse on a job. But, mm-hmm. like, fuck this guy, fuck this family, fuck this house. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, and I'm sure it's not just, like, Horcrux energy that is, like, Making it not a cool place to live. Right. So it, that just made me get excited. I was like, ah! Yeah! This little drama queen over here is, like, casting spells on this house so nobody ever lives there. For more than, yeah, I don't know. But then they blame it on Frank again of saying that, like, oh, well, it's just, like, he's a big asshole. Right. And then now there's this guy that owns it for tax purposes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it never goes there. Just he to just own a house just property. for the sake of it. Yeah. Just to own some property. So, I love, I just love all the backstory. And then what? We get right into Voldemort. Yeah, we get right into Voldemort. Because we find out that people have been breaking, or kids had been breaking into that house a lot. And so the reason Frank goes up to the house the night that he dies is because he thinks that there were kids that had, like, lit a fire in one of the upper rooms. But then he goes in and he hears Voldemort and Wormtail talking i want to pay i want to like make a note to self and it's going to be like a month before 
for us. <laughs> it's going to be like a month before we watch this movie. Yeah. But I want to make a note to think about like how he sounds in this first scene. Mm. I feel like a lot of the time when it's like creepy Voldemort voice, and especially in that first part, I feel like it's like very rushed and out of breath, mm-hmm. but not like high. Yeah. I just, I know that it's We hard. never get a high voice from I know. movies ever. Or a good laugh. Or a good laugh ever. So fucking disappointing. We get one really bad laugh. No. That laugh has ruined it for me. I can never look up anything because I'm just going to get like... 10 hour montages of people just like putting this thing together and using the Have R you heard word. the like the Sparta remix of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all bad. I can't. I'm so angry. It's oh, he's just so scary and so cool. We can't get into it yet. We'll get to that when we get to the graveyard, but like Man. oh god. So, yeah. So the first thing that Wormtail and Voldemort are talking about are the the cup the Quidditch World Cup, um, or I guess they they just mention it because they say like we can't really do anything until the cup is over. Yes, because our country is going to be so full of wizards and the like, the orders and the ministry are going to be like, watching so hard mm-hmm. for signs of illegal stuff. Yes, um. And Frank is just like, what? Am I hearing this right? Devils, wizards, ministry of magic? I think it is especially interesting that we're like, like we get a a Voldemort chapter. Like we're just in it and we're there and it's a part of it in Mm. Deathly Hallows. But I like that this one is like also from an outside perspective. Yeah. Like it's both us, the reader, and Harry in Frank's view. So like we're getting that outside view where it's like, but we know, like, what's going on. Right. So I think it's fun that you get this, like, kind of clueless third party, but it's, like, you, the reader, like, have the little bits of backstory that it's, like, <gasps> Yeah. Peter Pettigrew and Voldemort! Like, right. it's so good. Yeah, because I guess this is the first time in the series that, like, you know that Wormtail went back to him. They don't say that in the yes. end of Prisoner, do they? No, they no, do No, they just say nope, he, he just escapes. That's it. Oh, I forget And this that is, this is when he's is. evil to me now. He yeah, totally is doing an awful thing. I forget that. Like, oh, I would give anything to be able to go back and read these books for the first time again. Like, not know. knowing what happens in the next book. Because I feel like every time I read the end of the third book, I'm like, oh, and now he's gone working for Voldemort. And I forget yep. that you don't realize that until here. Mm-hmm. Like, what he's doing now. Yeah. Oh, he's so cool. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's exciting and I love it. Um... Yeah. Oh, and then Wormtail tries to talk him out of using Harry for yes. What's he planning? I don't know. But like, <laughs> he and tries to talk him out of not having to use Harry. This is like the first kind of inkling I feel like where we know that there is going to be some trick to this hand. Yes. Because Voldemort's like, oh, oh why? How come? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Why don't you want? Yes. To? I forgot that he did that. And Peter's like, it's not because I care about him or like want to protect him or anything i just think wouldn't it be easier and it would be faster and Voldemort's just like fuck you but i love that it's like he's taking note of this right and then i okay i know we're not like there yet in the retelling but i have to like i just i can't stand him he thinks he's so fucking funny I hate him. <laughs> like, he's got jokes. And he's yes. ready to party. His, 
well, I'll let you do something that most of my followers would give their right hand for. I'm like, fuck oh, you, dad, you. with your dad jokes. Voldemort, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. He thinks he's so goddamn funny. I'm so angry about these fucking movies and the writing of these fucking movies. I know. <laughs> he's such a character, character, character and you lose all of it. And he's got a lot of personality. <laughs> I've turned into a gargoyle. Oh my god. I'm so mad about it. It's just like this gets <laughs> this gets me going crazy cuz I remember the same thing with like Chamber of Secrets is that he's being like such a flippant little asshole right. and like making little like digs and jokes and I'm like this fucker thinks he's got jokes. And then now all of a sudden we see him again for the first time since Chamber of Secrets like a whole book pass and all of a sudden he's like here's a dad joke. Fuck you, sir. <laughs> I just, I love it so much. It's like all the times we get to see Tom Riddle and especially in Chamber of Secrets because he's fully interacting with Harry. Um, what a fucking little asshole he is. Yeah. And then like adult grown person Voldemort who like has most of his soul like shattered and put away from him is still like a little 16 year old butt shit. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't stand it. Like, he's so scary and cool and everything, but he's the worst. Yeah. Like, he's still just a little asshole. He's like your stereotypical bully. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I love it. It's so good. Sorry. I just, I can't, I can't stand that joke. I can't stand it. It makes I me want to rip hilarious. my hair out. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Oh. <laughs> And I love that, like, now rereading it. It's like, you know, because he makes him cut his hand off. Yes. It's so funny. Oh, man. Foreshadowing. <laughs> God. Don't they say too earlier, and here I made a note of this, that I thought it was really funny when um, when Peter is like, well, how, how long are we going to stay here? And Voldemort goes, a week, maybe more. It's like, they're there for almost a year. Yeah. <laughs> Just till we find somewhere better. It's like their starter they're home, the but they time. never leave. <laughs> It's just our starter home. We'll only be here for like a year, and then Voldemort probably lives there up until like he moves to Malfoy Manor in like Deathly Hallows. I wonder about that because I feel like he can't, like because yeah. Harry knows where he's at, so they gotta leave. That's true. Because Dumbledore, where does he go him. during that time? I don't know. I don't know. He wouldn't be living at Malfoy's house for like three years. No. Is no. he just on the run? I don't know where he's at. Well, I feel like they even make a point in Deathly Hallows to say that, like, it's not like he stays at Malfoy's house all the time. He just uses it as, like, a a safe ground or, like, a meeting place. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's too much mystery to him between this book and Deathly Hallows, like, after this book's over. Well, Harry wouldn't have known about the house that was in Little Hangleton, though, would he? He only got to see the graveyard. Well, okay, but Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore would know. Yeah. He's, like, all up in that boy's business. Right. He knows. He's a stalkerazzi of He Voldemort. knows. <laughs> he always knows. I can't. I'm sorry, this is just me screaming. You're, like, trying to get through, like, the summary part of this. But I can't stand that he keeps talking about himself in the third person. I know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it sucks. Please keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where did we leave off? Okay, so after he's, like, trying to convince him not to yes. use Harry, Voldemort is totally like, um, you're just trying to abandon me. <laughs> what is, like, no! <laughs> what is that tweet I sent you? 
<laughs> Do you remember Which that? One? I gotta find this. When did you send it? I'll find it where I was like, um, this is Voldemort in the beginning of Goblet of Fire. Yes. It was a tweet <laughs> that was just from like um, Sondheim lyrics that just said, I am old. I am ugly. I embarrass you. And I, I took a screenshot <laughs> yes. of it and I sent it to him. I was like, this is Voldemort in the first chapter of Goblet of Fire. <laughs> yes. And then the actual quote is... <laughs> I revolt you. I see you flinch when you look at me. Feel you shudder when you touch me. <laughs> yeah. He's it so dramatic. <laughs> I am old. I am ugly. How am I, I to survive you? without you? Who is to milk Nagini? All right. Who's gonna okay? Have we talked about this yet? I I, I know you and we've I talked have. about it. I don't know it. if we've talked about it on here. What does milking a snake mean? Milking a snake. Because I re- I'm positive that I've had this conversation, and I'm sorry everybody who's a dedicated listener and has heard me say this before. I loved snakes when I was in elementary school, and I had many books from the library about it, and I know that milking a snake means to extract its venom in order to make anti-poisons, <laughs> or whatever you call them, doctor. <laughs> it's taking the venom out <laughs> It's not literally drinking from milk tits or from snake titties. <laughs> milk tits. But true. From snake titties. Snakes are reptiles, you ignorant swine. <laughs> they don't have mammaries. That is your favorite insult ever. <laughs> you ignorant swine. They don't have titties. They don't breastfeed their little baby snakes. I'm sorry person who was in charge of making concept art for the Goblet of Fire movie who drew Nagini having some giant fucking snake tits that Voldemort was suckling on the fucking boss baby, (laughs) sucking on those big snake tits. I can't stand it. Oh no. I just wanted to clear the air for everybody who thought it was so funny to start tweeting well this makes the milking thing even weirder. Now that Nagini's a full woman, a yeah. full-grown person, a human being woman. God. I can't. Sometimes I think Joanne doesn't even know what milking a snake means because she totally 100% like writes this as like he like feeds off of Nagini. I know. I think it's like I think that that's part of it. And you know what? I'll say this now. I w- I am a person who believes he did not look the way he does at the end of this book before this book. I don't think he looked like that. I think he looked fucked. I think he looks probably worse than when we saw him in the um the interview. In the interview memory, definitely, because it was another chunk of years before he died. Yeah. Um, so I think he looks bad for sure, but I don't think he looks this way. And I think it's to do with the fact that he is like growing strength from this snake venom on top of like at this point Bertha is dead that means and this is the fucked up part is like how the shit does he do this this is what this is another one of those things that puts a hole in my cannibalism theory is that like this nasty little weak baby man is not gonna like eat some part of this woman it's like hard for me to think of that but he he killed her, and that is how he made Nagini a Horcrux right then and there. That right. he was, like, so panicked in this state that he, like, makes another Horcrux. So he is at his, like, weakest possible. And so I think that it's, like, he is, like, the sh- the tiniest shattering of soul left. Like, this is the smallest amount he can possibly be. Mm-hmm. That is, like, really, like, non-human. 
And so I think that forces him to look worse. Yeah. And then on top of that, I really think that he's so snake-like looking because he is using a snake to, like, regain his power. And also, like... That makes sense. This also makes more sense to me now that she reveals this truth about Nagini that I guess I have to believe has been actually in her mind the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because of the patents that I've seen, I... It makes more sense now that it's not just some, like, fucking snake. It's, like, this horrifying, like, magical beast, which Mm -hmm. is, like, hard to say because it's a human being. Right. Uh, But it's, like, it is, like, a deeply powerful, like, magical beast Mm -hmm. that he is, like, getting venom from to get stronger. It makes more sense now, I guess. It does make more sense now, yeah. But I'm, I'm, like, a firm believer in it that he, like, just looked like a fucked up person before. Now he looks like a monster. Yeah, and that's interesting because, like, the more that you talk about that, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, that is legit, but, like, I never would have, like, even no, come to that just, conclusion you before I heard it, you say it. No, the way that it, that it is. I mean, it's like the natural kind of conclusion to it is that you're seeing him get whiter mm-hmm. and get tighter and more dead-looking, more waxy. Yeah. Um... But he absolutely never did ever have red eyes before this. I can 100% promise you, Joanne, don't at me. Yeah. I don't think that that's how it happened. The only time they describe his eyes like that are just that they're bloodshot, like he doesn't sleep. And I doubt he does. Yeah. Too much murder to do. Right. Too many governments to overthrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they they just describe him as looking like, uh, like a grad student. <laughs> <laughs> like a grad student. Oh, no. They just describe him as looking, like, fucked, but not like a monster. Yeah. Yeah, not like an actual, literally, like, barely human thing. And that's, like, and then when you see him... He probably just looks like a drug addict or something. (laughs) He just looks fucked up. Yeah. And I, like, then you, then you hear, when he's, like, this, like, ghost, less than a ghost, less than the meanest spirit, but still he was alive, uh, on the back of Curl's head. Right. That's when he starts to look fucked up because he's like barely anything anymore. Right. And I'll accept that. Mm-hmm. But I think when he went to go murder the Potters, it's like he just... Like a little kid went up to him and just said, cool mask. Yeah. It's like if you saw his like face now, you would not say cool mask. No. That's very scary. But I think he just looks like that. Like he just looks like fucking Michael Myers from Halloween. <laughs> like he just looks fucked up. So he's yeah. like, cool mask. Right. So I yeah. don't know. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that now. Ugh, Why I did would that love even come up? I don't remember anymore. The first war with him. Oh, so we really knew. Can you even, it's a, it's a million years away, but oh my god, this chapter in Deathly Hallows, gonna have a field day with that. Gonna have a field yes. day with that. It's everything to me. Right. This is everything to me. Jet. Anyway, <laughs> Peter Pettigrew has to bottle feed him. Peter Pettigrew <laughs> has to bottle feed him. Bottle feed the boss That baby. poor guy. <laughs> he, he knew what he signed up for. I don't feel bad for him anymore. <laughs> um, so Voldemort's like, yeah, I see what you're saying about Harry, but I have my reasons for using him. So fuck you. I'm going to use him anyway. <laughs> We're sticking to my plan. Um, which causes his downfall in the end, but whatever. And then they talk about uh, Bertha Jorkins' disappearance and how... Um, all the info that they gave them about, like, the Triwizard and about blah, blah, blah. Do they say this now, or is it later that they say that she went missing in Albania? 
I think it might be later. Anyway, that's an interesting well, tidbit. They say, I think it's in the next chapter, like, Harry is, like, you learn that Harry knows that, like, a ministry person went missing, maybe. But this is the first time you ever hear her. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if maybe, like, the Weasleys or, like, Percy oh, it's the Percy it. says something, Something about Albania. But yeah. I, I think that that's interesting that, like, that's where he was. That's where Quirrell found him. Yeah. And then after that, he went back. Yeah. Because then that must, right? Or no? No, because it's Wormtail who brings her to Voldemort. Maybe he's just going off of the last shit. But he found him, so I assume it was in Albania because that's where everybody goes looking for him. Yeah, that's true. That's the rumor. So, like, did he just kind of, like, he doesn't know shit about him. He's not going to go, like, find this house. I think that he went back to Albania or something. You know what? Honestly, maybe he was, like, I don't know. What would draw him to Albania in the first place? Do we ever know? Well, I was just about to say maybe he's, like, trying to find the Horcrux, but that he hid in Hogwarts. It used to be in Albania, but he... he yeah, Albania was where he already. originally found it before it was a Horcrux. Yeah, I don't know why he's there. I don't know why he's there. They just say that that's the place. Maybe he just thought it was a nice place when he went to go get that crown. Yeah, maybe he's just living in that tree. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he built himself a treehouse. <laughs> I'm so interested to see where he picks up Nagini. I know. Because this is fresh and new, too. In here. Like, she's... I, I don't think they ever talked about... Like, Nagini feels new. And I feel like they talk about it in um, the rest of the books. Like, with the Order and stuff, where they mm -hmm. talk about that big snake he's got. And I don't think that that was something he had before. Yeah. No, I don't think so. So I feel like Nagini's new. I'm so interested. I still feel like we're going to have to see how he finds they her. They have to! <laughs> we can't talk about these movies anymore. But we kind of have to because it's talking about Nagini. I Nagini saw this like stuff. post on like a Harry Potter fan page on Facebook the other day where someone was like, what if they literally end the last... Fantastic Beast movie with like Tom Riddle, duh. But then like that is like a segue Finding into Nagini. like a whole new series. Shut the fuck about up. him. I was like, I wish that's like my I don't dream. wish <laughs> a little bit. I don't though. Well, yeah, because then there you risk her like ruining his story and like she makes me nervous. Him. Yeah, she makes me nervous. She's doing a good job with the gay one, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, she's done, she's done good by Voldemort. I don't know. I just, I feel nervous. She, she has. In the it's books. not her that has, like, done bad She didn't bad screenwrite the movies. She just sat there and was like, this has got to be and Creature yeah, must be. Yeah, but she be ruined him in Cursed Child. What did she do with him then? Just walking? She made him have a kid. Okay, well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow! What did I just, she do with Voldemort? I really child? blanked out on my um, No, all I remembered is just like him walking. Like that's all you ever see of him. No, just but I'm just saying, like she adds more to his like story. That is some. She cool, did a bad some, with some him. Some in that. Real garbage. And I don't know. I I will still say it is. It's all her fault because she put her fucking name on it. But I don't know if that was fully her idea. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. It could be. She okayed it, though. She could have, she like, fought real hard and been like, no. <laughs> I would have. Make this girl just, like, a Voldemort fanatic. It doesn't have to be his kid. Yeah. You know? Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> but, yeah, so they talk about that. They 
Wormtail is kind of trying to use that as like a, I have done some things for you though. Like I brought you Bertha. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love Voldemort's response to this is so like patronizing and passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you have, you're right. You went and got Bertha for me. You brought me here. No, you're good. I'm sorry. Like, it's so funny to me. A stroke of brilliance I would not have thought possible from you. Is what he says. And I think that it's funny, too. Like, I, I stand by all that I have to say about Peter Pettigrew that we screamed about in the last one. In um, yeah. the last Prisoner of Azkaban section. But I... It's interesting to me that he he even says that, like, you did return to me. But he wasn't a Death Eater. He was just, a, like, a little asshole that they used. So... No, he doesn't say you returned to he me. He does. Does he? He does. Because Wormtail says, I found you. I was the one who found you. And then he's like, that's true. I don't know if it's here in this exact part. But somewhere in this chapter, he does say, you you returned to me. And I remember taking special note of that because I was like, wow. Oh. That's interesting that he phrases it that way. Yeah, that is interesting. Now I'm trying to find where he says that. I, I honestly have no idea, but it's somewhere in here. Interesting. Well, I'm sure I'll come across it, but... <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, and then that's where he makes his joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. It, it was a useful move, even though you didn't know how useful it would be when you did it, basically. So I'm going to let you perform an essential task. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it when he says that. Peter's like, oh, really? <laughs> He's not excited about yeah. it. He's like, oh. He sounds fuck. absolutely horrified. <laughs> You don't want me to spoil the surprise, do you? <laughs> Your part will come at the very end, but I promise you, you will have the honor of being just as useful as Bertha Jorkin. That's so scary! I also think it's it's crazy here, too. Like, how he talks about her. Like, she's like... Like a piece of meat. It's like how... He can just throw her away. But it's like how people talk, like, when they are, like, really justifying, like, um, hunting. Yeah. (laughs) Where he says that it would be an insult to her memory not to use the information. And, like, I'm just like, oh! Right. He's real nasty. That it's... That the way that he talks about people... Like, you know that in the last one, the, the way we see him talking about muggles is the way you talk about animals. And how much disgust he has for them. But, like, here, even with just, like, Bertha, who's, like, an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but still a witch. Like, he talks about her as if she's, like, an animal. Right. It would be an insult to her memory if we I didn't use every part of her to. or whatever. It's horrifying. She was quite useless after my questioning. So scary how, like, deep in the mind he can get that it'll ruin someone. Yeah. That she literally would have been, like, nothing. Doesn't, um... I think Snape talks about that with the Aquamancy stuff, about how it, it, like, ruins and destroys people's minds. Yeah. To have it done to them, and especially by him. Right. Yeah, he's so powerful. He digs everything apart. Yeah. Plus, he probably tortured her a lot, too. Yeah. So, like, 
she would have been like in the same state as the long bottoms, but also worse mm-hmm. because her mind would have also been fucked up. Yeah. Too. But that too that he was like implying that like if he didn't kill her, like the amount of like memory charms that he'd have to perform would leave her like shit anyway. Because dead men don't show up on ministry workers' vacations, Peter. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. It's disgusting the way he treats and talks about people. It <laughs> he is. He feels I like are below him. Oh my god. Everyone's below him in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it says that like Frank like picked up on that too. He's like, they're talking about killing a woman. And he's talking about committing another murder, and he's not feeling any kind of remorse. He's talking about it with amusement. Yeah. I want to ask here, who, um, who do you think they're talking about? They say, he says that to Peter, we just need to commit one more murder before we get Harry Potter. Yeah. And I'm like, who... Is that? Are they talking about Barty Crouch? Moody? Yeah. Who are that, they talking about? That is about? a good question. Why would Barty Crouch have to die? Because he knows the truth about his son. Yeah. And that's Voldemort's most faithful servant right now. Right. I almost feel like he's maybe talking about Moody. I don't know. Because, like, at the same time, you wouldn't want Moody to die because he's going to have to use that his hair for a potion for an entire year. Yeah. So, like... Well, Colin Farrell said Percival Graves was dead in the ground six weeks before the movie started, and Grindelwald had enough well, for Colin a while. Colin Farrell doesn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Magic is worthless and has I, no rules I thought in those about that movies, too. so it, it, I won't put any stock in that, but yeah, I, I, I was know. confused, and I wonder if we'll one find out murder. by the end of the book if I'm just, like, not remembering, but they say one more murder. Who? Who else dies besides Barty Crouch? Like, he wouldn't be talking about Cedric, obviously, no. so, like... And not Frank. No. So, three more murders. Maybe... <laughs> I guess it has to be Barty Crouch, but, like, it's not him that kills him. It's Barty Crouch Jr. No. Yeah. That kills him. I don't know. I guess if he's just talking in terms of, like, quit being fucking squeamish, it's just one more person that has to die, and then I'll do all the killing. Because, <laughs> like, none of the ingredients that he needs to, like, make his potion at the end are got... Like, everybody... It's the fact that he says one more murder before... Harry we can get Harry Potter, and then in the very next chapter, Harry says, and they were talking about killing someone else, and it was me. I'm like, yeah. no! They said one more murder before you, you dingus. Yeah. So, I don't know. Right. Maybe I read it wrong, but I really felt like it was... No, it says, one more murder, my faithful servant at Hogwarts, Harry Potter is as... Well... It's kind. It's almost kind of like he's like thinking out loud, though. He's like, <laughs> "My faithful servant is at Hogwarts. Harry Potter is as good as mine." Like maybe, like that's like what he means by that. Hmm. You know? Huh? Because it, it's like one more murder, an ellipses. My faithful servant. My I think it has to be Barty Crouch. Yeah. I think it has to be Barty Crouch because he's the only he's he's the one standing in the way. He's in charge of this event. Yeah. 
And yeah, he's the one who knows the truth about Barty Crouch Jr., so... Yeah, I think it has to be Barty Crouch. Anyway, that was like my one big question myself that I had that I wanted to make sure that we... I just wonder, I guess, I mean, I guess we'll have to kind of, like, think about it when we eventually do get to the part where Barty Crouch dies, because I remember that, like, Barty Crouch Jr. is the one who kills him, obviously, but, like, I don't remember how that comes about. Like, if that was his plan all along, or if he just ran into him in the woods and was like, hey, Dad, bye, Dad. That part is so fucking scary. I know. Ooh. Ooh. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, people like... say that this book is scary at the end, and I'm like, no, this book is scary all throughout. It's Even this opening chapter is very scary. scary. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it has to be Barty Crouch, but yeah. I guess we'll find out as we read more if that's. Yeah, now I'm really interested to like read his death and see like how it comes about. I'm so interested too because you know you get so robbed of the whole backstory of Barty Crouch Jr. in the movie that it's like not as readily in your mind. So, like, I, I'm excited to read again the part where he talks about how uh, Voldemort found him again. Yeah. That, like, he comes into his house. Me too. Fucks up with, fucks up his dad or whatever and mm-hmm. comes up with this whole plan. Yeah. Ah! Anyway, yeah. let's finish this first chapter. <laughs> um, so then this is when Nagini comes out, comes slithering into the room, and then that's when Voldemort finds out that, uh... What, is, what are the she's exact words that Peter says? Does she say that? Does he say that she's exploring the house or that she's hunting? Because Voldemort says, "Where's Nagini?" Let me find. That would be like in the beginning, wouldn't it? No, I feel like it was right. Oh, about, she set out to explore the house. That's what he said. To saying. explore, like she's a kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> she is a kitty cat. She's a nice, <laughs> nice, faithful little puppy dog. She is. So, yeah, so Nagini comes in, tells Voldemort that Frank is hiding out in the hallway, and mm-hmm. he invites him in, and is being super kind to him at first. He is so, he's got You heard worse. everything. Frank tries to fight him. He's like, why don't you face me like a man? I am not a man. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and then he turns around and kills he's him. He's crazy. I'm not a man. I am much, much more than a man. Okay, yeah, all right. Are you sure you're more than a man? Prove it. Wormtail, wormtail, come turn my chair around. Turn my chair around. The boss baby. The boss baby. The boss baby style. Swivel my chair. Me like a man. All right, I will. <laughs> and then I, he dies. Okay, great. And then Harry Potter wakes up miles and miles away. Yeah. I have a question from Scholastic. One question from Scholastic for this whole section. <laughs> These whole five chapters. Um, what does starting the book outside of Harry do for this book in particular? How has this changed the tone of the book from the others? And why do you think J.K. Rowling did this? Well, I mean, when we talked about it in our class, we said, like, it gives the readers some kind of, like, outside context as to what's about to happen mm-hmm. before Harry figures it out. Otherwise we know he something have... bad is coming. Yeah. Yeah, Harry is still like totally oblivious to like everything that is happening right now, so it like sets the tone for literally like the entire book. I think it 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 is also like this book is going to be more intense. Because mm-hmm. we're starting literally just like screaming about murders. Right. Like from the beginning of the chapter, just being like, this whole yeah. family was murdered. 
Can we talk about, too, how they literally just say, like, yeah, it was this handsome teen they saw. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, you oh little freak. God. Handsome. Get out of my face. So the, it, like, start like, this whole chapter is just about, like, murder and plotting to murder. Right. And the, like the, like, big deal that it is. Like, you kind of forget about it a little bit at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban because it's, like, all this serious stuff is happening. You forget that Wormtail gets away. Right. And now it's, like, right up in your face. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Voldemort is literally coming back. You don't know that he, like, has a body because they don't, like, describe it. And I don't think they even really the describe that, like, his plan is to, like, get his body back in no. this part. But, like, but you, you know, know that he's that up to something. He's not a ghost, and he's not in the back of someone's head. So yeah. something fucked is happening. Right. Yeah. It just, it feels like, alright, here we go. This is, like, a, this is gonna be a start of something new. We're no this longer is, in the kids' books No, territory. this is not starting off. Harry Potter was an unusual boy. Yeah. Why? Because he almost died 500 times in the last couple of years of school. It's like, yeah. no, no. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Here we go, buddies. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. I think she's just setting the tone. It's like, this book is huge. They're, like, real deal teens now. Mm-hmm. They have prom now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's about to be a real adult book. Yeah. It's the pivot. It is. It's the between... It's the bridge between the the kids and the adult. The kids and the adult books! (laughs) When am I going to give up wizard people? We're not at the kids table anymore. (laughs) But we aren't. Because we're starting off with Voldemort. Yeah. Fucking boss baby. I'm done now. We're done talking about him. Boss baby. We're into the next one. Thank you, boss baby. You did a great job. (laughs) You are not a man. You are a boss baby. Okay, so this next chapter, The Scar, is really kind of just like the, here's a summary of everything that's happened yes. so far so chapter. now we get that. <laughs> For the people who didn't read the last three, like, best-selling books. <laughs> right. Yeah, here's, here's what's happened so far. Harry went to Hogwarts. A lot of it is a summary of what happened at the end of Prisoners of Azkaban, but we also find out that Harry heard the conversation between Voldemort and Wormtail, and his scar is hurting. Um... That he goes through and thinks, do I want to tell Ron? Do I want to tell Hermione? Can I even tell Dumbledore? Like, they don't really have this relationship yet. And I love right. that he, like, goes through the letter, like, hey, hope your summer's going great. My scar hurt, and I had a vision of, like, uh, Voldemort talking about wanting to kill me. Uh, see you in the, see you see in you September. <laughs> I like how she really, like, writes out, like, everybody's responses. I like, know, I Hermione think it's so funny. Too. They're so accurate, it's so funny. <laughs> but, and then it dawns on him, like, oh, I should write to Sirius. Yeah. It's sad because he has, like, that longing moment where he's like, I wish I had a parent that I could go to to, like, Ugh. tell them about this And there's stuff. The, the part in this chapter, too, I don't know if it's right here or when he's talking about it to, like, get, um... Uh, 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 Vernon to say he can go to the cup or whatever, but where he says, like, there was, like, one brief moment of happiness when he thought that he would get to live with Sirius. Yeah. Oh, I know. Shattered and take it away from him. It's such a brief moment. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, really all this chapter is, huh? 
Yeah, that's literally all it is. And then it ends with him, like, writing a letter to Sirius and being like, thanks for your last letter. Things are going fine here. Oh, we find out Dudley's on a diet. Yes. Because <laughs> what is super fat. <laughs> What's the name of the video game that he uh, can't play anymore? I thought it was the funniest, like, video game Mega title. Mutilation Part 3. <laughs> like, of course. This horrible bully is playing this like oh yeah what i'm 13 time to to, like just wreck ass in a video game all day long i love this kid he's smuggling donuts so they tell him that they have to cut his pocket money so he gets really angry and throws his playstation out the window (laughs) (laughs) you can't let me eat donuts fine i'm gonna throw away my playstation And then it's like that, it's like the whole summer, and that he's like, now just like doesn't have a PlayStation. And he's just right, and a he's miserable, just like miserable. a miserable oaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then he kind of mentions his like scar hurting, like, oh, weird thing happened this morning, I don't know, I'm not too worried about it, but, you But know. he doesn't say that he had the dream, he just says, my, I woke up and my scar hurt. He doesn't, Yeah. Last time it happened was because Voldemort was at Hogwarts, but I don't think he could be anywhere near me right now. And then that's it, yeah. He didn't want it to look as though he was too worried. That's why he left out the part about his dream. And is that coming from... No, I don't know. Is it more in Order of the Phoenix where he's more worried about making Sirius, like, (laughs) come get him? Because yeah. he does like he doesn't want to make it seem like he's too worried, and is that so he doesn't sound crazy, or is that so he's not like worrying serious enough to like risk getting caught again? I think at this point it is him just not wanting to come off as being too paranoid. Yeah, I think in the fifth one, it's, it's more, more when he yeah. he's like worried about Sirius getting caught again. Yeah, because I think it's in this book that like we realize how risky Sirius still is being. Yes. By, like, going out in the wild and, like, coming to Hogwarts. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's pretty much that chapter. It's just kind of a summary chapter with yep. a few new pieces of information. Yeah. But let's move right on. Chapter three. Chapter three is the invitation. So this is um, the typical Dursley chapter. Yes. So. I um, love the whole description of, like, the school being, like, Dudley is a problem child. And they're both like, yeah, no! no. <laughs> he's a bully. No, he's not. <laughs> I love, too, that, like, they're saying that he's, like, um, is it when they're saying that he's, I think it's when they're saying that he's, like, too overweight, like, he is obese, like, he needs mm-hmm. to go on a diet, that it's at that point that um, Vernon says that he didn't want a sissy for a son anyway. Like a skinny sissy. And I was like, oh. oh. No, it's when Yikes. the teachers say that... That um, he's a bully? No, it's that's the excuse that they give for him having bad grades. Um, Petunia always insisted that Dudley was a very gifted boy. And his teachers just didn't understand him. And Uncle Vernon is like, well, I don't want some swatty little Nancy boy for a son anyway. Okay, Wow. Chapter 3, Homophobia. <laughs> I read a fanfiction once where Dudley turned out to be gay, and it was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> it was really sweet, because, like, he and Harry are friends, and he 
ends up with this, like, partner and his parents, like, shun him because they're not okay with yeah. it. And so he, like, turns to Harry and they become a family and then they adopt this little kid who ends up being magical and it's really cute. See, that's, that's like, the ultimate one for me. It's like, okay, well, Dudley has to have a magical child and if he doesn't, then he's gay. Yeah. But... Not not not, not <laughs> exactly. Not that I'm ever a person that is like that angry about like the the homophobic bully being gay in the end thing. I'm not ever that mad about it, but that might be a little too cliche. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> um, the way that they try to um, get away with the comments about him being fat, though, is Aunt Petunia just saying that he's big boned and has a lot of puppy fat. I love that they call it puppy fat. I know. I've, like, never heard that outside of this book. I wonder if, is that, like, a British saying? It might be, Because it's just baby fat. Right. That's how I always, is baby fat. You don't have that much baby fat. You don't have so much baby fat that your ass is literally hanging off the sides of your chair. (laughs) Because that's how, like, (laughs) that's how he's described in a different book, I think. Now I know, yeah. (laughs) Now I know that, like, this is not what the word threatening was meant to be understood as, but when Harry says, or is thinking or whatever, saying something that, like, um, Dudley has finally achieved um, something he has been threatening since he was three to be wider than he is tall. (laughs) I always, in my, like, little kid head, thought that, like, as a toddler, he was, like, screaming that at his parents if he wasn't going to get what he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that that's not what that meant, but when I heard it again, I laughed because I thought that it's just, like, this little pudgy kid who's just, like, screaming, like, well, if I don't get my PlayStation, I'm going to get wider than I am tall. Like, I always thought it was very funny. <laughs> Can you imagine that, though? I don't think I've ever seen a person that fat ever being wider than you are tall. Yeah, that's a little nuts. But I don't know. Have we ever watched my 600-pound life? I sure haven't. I think it's I grossly exploitive and a bad show. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yikes. At least I know I'm tall enough for that to not be an issue. <laughs> to literally be six feet wide would be gross. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yikes. So, um, so then we find out that Aunt Petunia is not just forcing Dudley to be on this diet, but she's forcing the whole family to be on the diet to and make so, it easier for and him. And here's another moment of abuse, just to, like, catalog in every book, is that... Like, to make Dudley feel better, they give Harry an even smaller portion. Like, yeah. he's already too underweight. Right. And they're already giving, like, extremely small portions. Like, this diet yes. is a fucked up diet. To eat a quarter of a grapefruit for breakfast? What the heck? That's not gonna hold you over until, like, your mid-morning snack. No, it's just starvation. Yeah. Which Harry's used to at this point, really. Right, but, but like that's got, that's not the way to diet. That's why Dudley was smuggling yes. donuts was because he was actually hungry after Harry's, eating a quarter of a grapefruit. Harry's got his little trick floorboard or whatever that he's got all his friends sending him. Snacks yeah, I love that. There, I love it. It made me so happy for him that he got like three birthday cakes. Yeah. Oh, Harry. And Hermione sends him a box of like sugar-free stuff. Yes, <laughs> from her dentist parents. <laughs> That's the last resort. Oh, man. (laughs) So then Mrs. Weasley's letter comes for the Dursleys. With a million stamps. I think it's really funny that, like, Ron writes to Harry after is like, I mean, we're gonna get you whether they say yes or no, but we're still gonna do the courtesy of asking first. (laughs) I love that it's so plainly like, write back if they say yes and we'll come get you on Tuesday. 
and let us know if they say no, and we'll come get you on Tuesday. <laughs> right. <It's> so, <laughs> I know. It's so funny. You can't miss the Quidditch Cup, Harry. Yes. You're coming no matter what. That's so sweet. <laughs> but it'll be a lot easier if they let you go and we don't have to kidnap you again. Yes. <laughs> so, her letter is so sweet and innocent. I'm not sure if you... Or, we've never been introduced, but I'm sure you've heard a lot about my son, Ron, <laughs> in your house. Um, I do hope you'll allow us to take Harry... <laughs> I hope, just, oh, and her thing is covered in stamps. Yeah, that they just, like, assume that, like, he's living in an okay house. Right. And that they, like, I feel like they get so angry at um, Ron and the twins for, like, going and kidnapping him in Chamber of Secrets. Right. But, like, I don't think they're going to feel bad anymore now, like, when Arthur gets back and tells Molly, like, what they were like. Yeah. And whatever. Like, it's so... Like, they just assume that, like, even though they don't like it and are kind of distant, that they're, like, still caring guardians. Right. Yeah. Like, they probably think, like, oh, yeah, they're maybe, like, the harsh parents, you know? So Mm -hmm. her her thing is probably, like, kill them with kindness and it'll be okay. And that she... Yeah, but, like, that she thinks, like, that they can be reasoned with and that they're kind of like I just I'm sure she assumes that like Ron is like overstating stuff just like not to get in trouble and like exaggerating because he's a kid yeah and everything seems like it's right. the worst yeah but yeah she does definitely do like a kill him with kindness mm-hmm. approach yeah so Vernon gets really upset because the postman noticed that the... This whole section is so funny to me. <laughs> I know. It's it's also good. He's like, the postman thought it was really funny that this letter was covered in stamps. He wanted to know where it came from. <laughs> I, love... I love Harry just being like, so she did put enough stamps on it then. Yes! <laughs> where is this boy in the just movies? trying to think it's just like an honest mistake. Classic <laughs> Rumiel Wazlip. Oh my god. I, yeah, I love it. And I, I just think it's so funny when they're, like, going through the whole thing. Um, and then it's, like, it always gets me as the part when Harry's, like, he can see Vernon Mouth send your response back in the normal way. That he's yeah. just, like, mouthing it because he can't even, like, process. Right, I know. It's so funny just, like, step by step going through this letter with him and that he's, like, what's Quidditch? He's yeah. like, oh, it's a support. We play on broom. Nope, nope, no. Shut it down. <laughs> Can't even hear the word broomstick, which is a normal muggle appliance. Yeah. Nope. Do not say that word in the house. Do not say it. Broomstick. He can't even say the name of his school. He's like, he's my friend at Hog. I mean, at school. <laughs> oh, Harry. Oh, and then Vernon's like, dumpy sort of woman. And Harry's like, um, this your is son is gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> That's rich coming from you. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Oh, and then he kind of starts to tell him off again. See, we kind of talked about this in Prisoner of Azkaban. Like, Harry's really getting to the point where he's like, I will take no shits from you guys anymore. Like, you can't talk down to me. I will fight back. Yeah. And he does that again. Like, Uncle Vernon is like, how many times do I have to tell you not to say that kind of stuff? You're so ungrateful. You stand there in the clothes that we've put on your back. And Harry's like, yeah, only after Dudley's finished with them. Yeah, then he has to roll his sleeves up like five times to be able to even use his hands. Yeah. Oh my god. And then it goes down to his knees. He's like wearing a dress out of a sweatshirt. Which is like peak fashion for me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then Harry says what gets him the ticket. Yes. He says, I am writing a letter to Sirius. 
the murderer. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> I can't go see it. Can I go now? I have a letter to Sirius that I need to finish. And Vernon's like, uh, what? <laughs> oh my god. You're writing to him? Well, yeah, it's been a while since he heard from me, and he might start to think something's wrong if he hasn't in a while. <laughs> and Uncle Vernon is like, all right, yeah, you can go to this thing, and you tell your godfather that you're going to. <laughs> I love that Harry has so many moments where, like, he describes Vernon this way, like, constantly, of being able to literally see, like, the cogs turning in his brain. I know. As he's, like, weighing the pros and cons of right. doing something. Right, yeah. He's like, oh, this will get this kid out of my house two yep. weeks early, but I don't want him to have a good time. <laughs> Just disgusting. <clears throat> oh, and then we get to meet, or I guess we've already met Pigwidgeon. But we get but to we see know how the annoying name. he is. Yeah. yeah. Pig. Pig. Pig? Who's Pig? (laughs) Have you seen the post where, like, Tumblr posts where people are like, okay, but, like, people are giving Harry shit for, like, naming their kids what they named their kids, but Ginny was the one who named an owl Pigwidgeon. (laughs) (laughs) She's the best at naming anything. Pigwidgeon is a great little owl name, and Arnold is an excellent pygmy puff name. (laughs) Excellent naming. It's like when people name their cats like old lady names. Yes. It's like the funniest thing in the world to me. Yes. It's the funniest thing in the world to me. Oh my god. I love it. Alright, let's keep so going. Good. Let's get this boy out of this house. So yeah, then he writes to Ron, tells him it's okay, and sends it back. Alright, so do you you don't have any questions about that chapter before we move on? No, we are getting right into talking about what happens when the Weasleys come. <laughs> Alright, so this part's really good. Um, I guess we'll just say first, well, <laughs> I hope you told them to dress properly. <laughs> they better have the decency to put on normal clothes. I um, love that um, they describe... Vernon is like putting on his best suit and that it's like maybe some people would think that was like him like showing politeness yeah. but it's really just like a one-upsmanship thing <laughs> so funny my dick's and bigger for, than yours yes, exactly in his g-string yeah. I, <laughs> just flopping out I I just, I think it's funny to think of that. He's like, well, I hope, that, like, not even dressed, like, in normal clothes, but that he's expecting them to be presentable in their, like, white bread, upper class. Right. Little cul-de-sac. <laughs> Suburbia uh-huh. that they live in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say what, I guess, Opportunia, I'm sure, is dressed too. So they end up um, being late. Like, yes. they, they're, like, half an hour late, and so the Dursleys are starting to get real upset. And I love that Petunia's like, maybe they'll think we'll invite them in for dinner if they're late enough. Right! <laughs> and he asks if they'll be driving, and Harry's like, uh, I don't know how they're gonna show up. They don't have a car anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no consideration. We might have had an engagement. And then there's a loud noise coming from their fireplace... Dudley runs away screaming, holding his butt cheeks. <laughs> um, they have a little bad for him, though, right? Like, I know. It, it is a little bit like PTSD. Oh. It's showing its ugly head, but like, <laughs> oh, I do feel bad for him. 
Look at these Dursleys. Like, they probably have this nice, beautiful fireplace that is totally being blocked by an electric fire. What assholes. What rich snobby dicks. It's like... There's nothing better than a lit fire in an actual fireplace. Dude. Isn't it kind of a like a, a hassle to like make sure your chimney stays clean and like there's kind of smoke issues and stuff if you don't keep things real clean? Yeah, maybe. I think with like the the like neat freak that Petunia is, she probably she want wants ash all she over wants the, place the electric fire. Yeah, but I love a good fire. I do. I love the smell of like bonfires and call stuff. me fire starter because I will <laughs> I uh, I will set chopsticks on fire as a child and draw with the charcoal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, Did you ever have that when you were a little kid? Were you interested in fire? No. This is a common. Thing. I was scared of fire. You were scared. I was interested. I I I dunked a lot of things in my candles. Really? As a child. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah. Danger, danger. I Don't mean, I would, I would throw, alone. like, food in a fire when we were having a bonfire. Oh, well, like, yeah. I loved watching, like, throwing marshmallows in yes. and then watching them explode, but Blow I up. never stuck other stuff in. Did you put peeps in the microwave? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't enjoy a peep. They make me yeah. feel sick. <laughs> it's, like, too sweet. I eat them. I get them for upsetting. Easter every year. I can't do it. But I love to throw them in the microwave. <laughs> That's all we would do, me and my cousins at my grandma's house when we were kids. We didn't oh. even eat the peeps. We got a sugar high off of whatever else. But whenever we saw the peeps, we were like, oh, fuck yeah. And we'd immediately go ruin her microwave. Oh. We didn't put them on a plate. We threw them right in the microwave with nothing, like three of them at a time, and just blew them up, scooped it out barely, and threw the rest in and blew them oh up again. God. It was crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> we were very inconsiderate. <laughs> Oh, that would be such a bitch to clean. It would, and we did not clean it up at all. <laughs> we did not clean it at all. Horrible children. Um, okay, so then they get stuck in the fireplace behind the electric fire. Yes. Um, and Uncle Vernon's just like, what the fuck is going on in here? He's like, oh, they traveled by flu powder. It's fine. <laughs> flu powder power. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... And then Harry's like, oh, they've got an electric fire. You won't be able to get through. And Mr. Weasley's like, ooh, I gotta see that. <laughs> Eclectic? With a plug? <laughs> with a plug. Gracious, I must see that. Um, so they're all, like, jammed up in there, Fred and George and Ron and Mr. Weasley. But he blots them out of the way. Just ruins their house. It just ruins their house. Um, and then he's just like, ah, oh, that's better. Well, you must be Harry's aunt and uncle, like, right away after making a total mess of their living room. And he tries and so he hard to make small talk, and they won't engage. <laughs> His small talk is like, that's used with electricity. I know that. <laughs> I collect plugs and batteries. This My wife leads- thinks I'm crazy, but I think yeah. it's fun. <laughs> This leads me to a Pottermore question, um, which is, why is Mr. Weasley so fascinated by muggle technology? Because he's never seen it or used it. Yeah. Because he's he's the the white man in the Orient. Yeah. (laughs) It's a part of a culture that he's not a part of. He needs to collect it and take it as his own. Mm Mm-hmm. He's every British museum. Have we've talked about that before on here, right? The Orientalism. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Just a whole ass nightmare. Yeah. 
A thing that I didn't even really notice until Neither we got did I. up in our class, and I was like, ooh, that's icky. That is icky. Yikes. It's I always thought great. it was just like a cute little fetish of his, and now it's, it's like... <laughs> cute little fetish. Cute little Maybe fetish. fetish is the wrong word. When are fetishes ever cute? <laughs> um, foot fetish. The foot fetish. That's cute. I dated a guy once who had a foot fetish, and he'd always be like, let me buy you shoes, and I'd be like, no thanks. Ew! <laughs> that's, that's I dated so him much, for, like, three days. <laughs> that's so much more, like, violating to me than, like, asking for nudes. I know. Like, the, the feet, it's like, because it, it's not, to me, it's like, that can't, like, that's not supposed to be, like, you shouldn't, that shouldn't be sexual. Like, if you're asking to see... My boobs, like, I get it. Right. But don't, I'm not going to set you pictures on my toes! <laughs> <laughs> that is not supposed to be sexy. It feels extra violating. Boobies before toesies. <laughs> Boobies before toes, unless you a hoe. <laughs> I don't know. I just need a drive. I'm not going to send you pictures of my toes. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we've talked about it before, but it was a question that I just wanted to get out there because here we go. He's like super. He's super excited about and this. excited. And, and this is his first time being probably like in like a full-on muggle house. Yeah, outside of like making an arrest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's just like, there's so much stuff for him to see. If you walked into like a living room, yeah, like just looking around your living room right now, I'm like, oh my god, he'd be so thrilled by everything. Just in wait here. till he goes in the kitchen. Yeah, definitely <laughs> with all the like appliances and stuff. Like it's all. But they even have like ovens and stuff. Wizards, wouldn't they? Yeah. But, but they wouldn't blenders. have, like, or microwaves. Yeah. <laughs> toaster. Wow, we have lots of stuff to cook food with. Well, that's his thing, right? Does He says this in one of them. I don't think it's this one, but in something. It's probably a Deathly Hallows when they pick him up. Maybe. When he says, like, so, like, not on purpose, like, patronizing, but it is. To be, like, so cute, the things that muggles do to get by. Right. Yikes. Yeah, My I dude? think he says that in Deathly Hallows, because that's the next time he's in this house. Yeah, he's maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know. He says it at some point, and I'm just, it's just like, oof. Yeah. All right. I just picture him, like, standing there, just, like, swinging his arms at his side, and is like, well, this is how this is going to go. Yep, 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 <laughs> it's yep. It's really cute. Fred so George go to get his yeah, trunk. He's like, let's get out of here. You got your trunk? He's like, oh, it's in my room. I gotta get out of here. And Fred and George is like, we'll get it. Yep. <laughs> Hoping to get a glimpse of Dudley. And that they know exactly where the stuff is because, again, you don't see it in the movie, but they fully climb into his room. They go sneak downstairs, pick the lock under the yeah. cupboard under the stairs, and like cut. So they like know the house. Right, so they, they've been in there before. <laughs> Dudley's very afraid. Dudley's very afraid. He's not even in the room. He like ran away when he heard them like banging on the, yes. the fireplace. But now he's come back in. Um... While Mr. Weasley is, like, talking about his battery collection. I love that it's, like, they describe it as, like, Vernon is, like, standing in front of Petunia to, like, guard her. But then when Dudley comes in, it's, like, even he can't hide Dudley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and so then Dudley comes in and Mr. Weasley's, like, oh, this is your cousin. And Harry's, like, yep. And then he and Ron just, like, look at each other and then quickly look away. <laughs> I think that's so funny. The temptation to burst out laughing was almost overwhelming. That's <laughs> what it says. Dudley's still clutching his butt. Yep. <laughs> as though it might fall off. 
And then Fred does a bad thing. Oh, no, and then Mr. Weasley is, like, genuinely concerned. Like, he starts talking to him like he's, like, mentally ill. And is like, having a good summer break, Dudley? (laughs) That's so bad. It is so bad. bad. I know. Oh, God. But then Fred and George come back down. Their face is cracked into identical evil grins. Yep. Um, And then Fred goes and he drops his candies on the floor. And then Fred and George leave, and then right when Harry's about to leave, you notice that Tudley's tongue is swollen and huge. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's like, what is the actual length that they say? Is it like four feet long? It's so big and purple. And that Petunia's trying to pull it out of his mouth. <gasps> Long thing. Oh, I think it's maybe in the next chapter when Mr. Weasley says like how long it is before they like. When they're like, how big did it get? But at this point, it's only like a foot or two. Only that's still really long. So big and so. That would be so uncomfortable. Oh my god! Because he would have been like choking on it. Yes, and then his mom's trying to pull his whole tongue out of his mouth. Yeah, yanking on it. Right. Yikes. My body's too sensitive. And Mr. Weasley's, like, trying to be like, oh my god, I can fix it, it's just an engorgement charm, and she's, like, literally throwing herself on top of him, trying to, like, protect <laughs> And him. Vernon grabs, like, a glass decorative piece of a bookshelf and hucks it at him, and then grabs another one and just keeps chucking, like, <laughs> decorations. China. Yeah. Just crazy person. I just picture him grabbing, like, those decorative plates and throwing them, like, frisbees <laughs> at him. <laughs> I just, like, I know that it would have been, like, goofier than it was scary, but I just wish that this was in the movie so bad. It's so funny. I know. Even just this part. Just this little part of them coming to get him. Right, I know. Just something. It literally, like, opens with Harry already at the burrow. Yeah. It's lame. But, yeah, and Mr. Weasley's, like, getting mad. He's like, seriously, I'm trying to help you guys. Like, why are you letting me... So then Harry leaves, and that's, like, the end of that chapter. I have a question from Pottermore. Okay. Are Fred and George's experiments dangerous? And this is something we should keep coming back to as they continue to show up in this. Yes. This book. Yes! (laughs) Yeah. For a lot of them, we realize, too, like, they, some of their products, we realize later, like, they haven't developed, like, a counter. The nosebleed one I comes to mind. Yeah. Or, like, the thing that, like, punches Hermione in the eye. Yes. (laughs) They don't have a way to stop it. I think that they are incredibly reckless and dangerous and kind of, like, don't think about other people's safety as long as they get a laugh. Like, I think, like, the trick wands and that kind of stuff are, like, funny. Like, that's your typical, like, joke store stuff. But, like, the stuff that, like, actually messes with, like, someone's body and, like, makes you, like, experience actual physical, like, symptoms of, like, illness and stuff, like, that's scary. Yeah. And the fact that, like, when they are continuing on, I think it's... Yeah, it is in the next book when they're, like, testing it. Trying Mm -hmm. to test it on First years. Yeah. Good for Hermione. Yeah, for her to be like, you can't do that. Put a fucking stop to that. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe this is, like, an unpopular opinion, but I I don't know. I've never, like, super connected to the twins, and I feel like coming back in around this time, I'm like, they're, like, really not super likable to me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, they're good and funny sometimes, but I'm like, the the more they get, like, they can, they're, like, kind of mean, and they're, like, selfish. And... They are mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Especially in this book, I think, because they're, like, I mean, later on, they're, like, blackmailing. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff, too. They, like, go really hard. Yeah. 
So, they take their jokes know. too far. Like, there's a difference between, between just being, like, practical jokers and, like, having a good time. Okay, and, like, yeah. literally doing pranks that can, like, hurt people. This is the thing. It's, like, remember a couple years ago when, like, pranking was really big on YouTube and people were, like, getting in big trouble, you know? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, like, they're the type to, like, sexually assault and harass people and be like, it's a prank! Right. But, like, to the point where they're, like, making other people uncomfortable and, like, causing possibly, like, bodily harm to people and being like, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... That's gross. That, that's what they feel like to me. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Not to, like, overdo it, but it's just, like, you know, coming back again as, like, an adult person, it's like, oh, it's, I don't feel I just, I it. feel like the more, the more that I reread this... And the more that I see them, I, like, I care for them a little less and less. Mm-hmm. Even as children, like, little kids, they were, like, pretty awful. Like, thinking about them, like, turning... And that's, like, some incredibly crazy magic for little kids to do. Like, not even in Hogwarts yet. Like, they're incredibly powerful, evil little children. Yeah. To be able to transform a teddy bear into a big spider. Right. Like, you just think, like, that's what they think is funny. Yeah. To, like, fully terrify and traumatize a child yeah it's funny to them or like the fact that i mean i i think you find out maybe in half-blood prince that they tried to get ron to do like an unforgivable or like not an unforgivable an unbreakable vow yes when he's like a toddler to kill their to kill their brother and i maybe they just didn't know like what the consequences of breaking one of those would be at such a young age i don't know but they continue to be pretty weird yeah for all of it. Right. And it continues to be that way because I still fully think that it's, like, cool. So they're, like, selling roofies. Yeah. And, like, marketing it toward women in their women's only section of the shop, which is super sexist. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. And it, that was a question that Pottermore forced upon me. And I thought, wow, what a great time to talk about how I kind of don't super care for them. <laughs> yeah. And I think we'll definitely get more into that in Order and in Half-Blood when we really learn more about their, like, their and business even in, and stuff. And even in this book as it continues. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if they're going to, like, obviously they're going to have to test their products before they sell them, but, like, they should be the test subjects. They should and they be say that they've been testing them on themselves people. at some point, but that they're, like, excited to do it on other people because they can only do so much on themselves. Right. But, like, they're kids and it's legal. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's still icky, especially if you haven't come up with a way to, like, mm-hmm. undo whatever the product is doing. Yep. If it goes bad. Anyway. How how big does his tongue get? Um, his tongue gets to be four feet long. Gross. Yuck. Yeah, this is the, so we're in the last chapter now. Weasley's wizard Weasley's. Um, and yeah, Mister Weasley comes back and says it got to four feet long, and literally everyone thinks it's funny except for him, except for Mister Weasley, except for the adult, except for the adult. Even, like, Bill and Charlie are there. Like, they're yes. adults in the Wizarding World, and even they think it's hilarious. And they don't even know what happened, and well, who's happy. They don't even know Dudley. Yeah. I don't know. I get it that we all hate Dudley, and it's very funny. But whatever. How, how much older than the other Weasley kids are Bill and Charlie? Are we supposed to believe that, like, there's a pretty big age difference between Charlie and Percy? Because I feel like that's always kind of, like, the interpretation that I get. Let's see. 
Or is Charlie literally only out of Hogwarts, like, a year in the first book? He's at school at the same time as Tonks by, um, like, the sixth book. She's 25. So let's count down. 23. Percy just graduated. 17 or 18. Five years. She's okay. She's like twenty five in the sixth book. Yes, because I know she's twenty five when she marries and gives birth to a child with an old man. Okay, nineteen seventy two. Okay, everybody, calm down. Looking up so Percy's you'd have birthday. Been like nineteen. Charlie would have been like nineteen at the time of the first book. Let's see. So he'd be like two years out of Hogwarts, and Percy would have been a fifth year. So yeah, that's like four or five years Big age between gap. Charlie and Percy. Yeah, looks like four years. Huh. That's interesting because I feel like they always kind of imply that the Weasleys, like, had, like, kids, like, one after another. Yeah. But it's like, no, they had Bill and Charlie and then they had a solid break and then it was, like, five kids in a row. Let's see. I'm going to see what, how, when Bill's birthday is. And he's just a year older than Charlie. That's interesting to me. Two kids, took a break, had a bunch more kids. I think that has to do with the war. Yeah, probably. Which is interesting that that's like, that's their thing. And I think they talk about that too in one of them that like, yeah, because when Bill's they got getting married, married that, that she's saying, well, we got married young because there's a war going on. And Bill's like, there's a war going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that they say that. and then, But that also is used to like explain why there are so little students at Hogwarts. Because people weren't but having like, kids because of the war. So it's interesting. But like, Percy and Fred and George and Ron and Ginny would all have been born during the time that the war was going on. Yes. So, like, the war... So their deal was, like, let's just crank out some more. Because you never know. Uh, what? Okay, but this... That feels very reckless to this, me. What if it's not? Because here's my question. Is what kind of birth control methods do wizards have? Maybe they're just boning because they think they're going to die, and then she keeps getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, we got to fuck because we're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> that they just have, that like, they just have a whole bunch of kids. They just have, like, five more kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're all so close in age, too, that that kind of makes sense. It's like, as soon <laughs> as she was that... able to get pregnant again, she does. <laughs> I think they're just fucking because they think they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have kids if you thought you were going to die and just leave them behind? Because they, cause she's, they gotta fuck. <laughs> You'd think that wizards would have better forms of birth control. Like, more effective. Well, fans 100%. have come up with very effective versions. <laughs> fetus <they>? deletus. <laughs> Emily was taking a drink of water. Katie! <laughs> That was on, like, a Tumblr post. We gotta move on! <laughs> Speaking of Bill and Charlie, though, they're so cool. They are so cool. <laughs> and it's funny because it's, like, 
We have have we actually met Charlie at this point? I think or it was he just, just his friend. Okay, in the first one, yeah, because it says that Harry has not met Charlie yeah. before. Um, but it, it's it's kind of funny to me because it's like. Bill is kind of like, oh, he works for Gringotts, and so you kind of expect him to be, like, an older Percy. Percy. But he's cool. He has, like, a fang earring and, like, long hair <laughs> and stuff, and he's just, like, cool. Five years is a pretty big difference, too, so it's funny when they're, like, making the tables fight each other in the air because they're just douchebags or whatever, and they're doing yeah. that, making everybody laugh. And Percy throws his windows open, and he's like, excuse me, I need quiet. <laughs> and Bill's just like, oh, how are the cauldrons, little bro? It's, like, it's so, so funny, funny to me. So funny to me. I love Bill. I, I love Charlie, too. I love both of them, but, like, Bill is just so cool. Too bad neither of them showed up in the movies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Bill showed up to get married, and that was it. Bill didn't <laughs> If show Bill up. didn't get married, he would not have been Bill in did movie. not show up. A wheat thin dressed in a suit showed up <laughs> in the movies, and nothing happened. He was person- oh, He had no did. personality. A oh, wheat thin. <laughs> he had no personality. He was a fucking saltine. <laughs> that was that it. That is Mad-Eye Moody's child. <laughs> I'm so- He's good in other stuff. But he wasn't He's good in Star well. Wars. <laughs> yes, he is very good in Star Wars. He's very funny in Star Wars. Oh, man. In the Star Wars. No, but he, he's written so poorly in the movies. Like, who yeah. even cares? He's like nothing. It's like he was like a last minute thought. Because like, they oh, have to do the we wedding. Gotta, yeah. Right. I know. I've said ever since that movie came out, if Bill did, if that wedding wasn't a part of that book, then Bill would not have been in nope. that movie. And I'm mad that we never get to see Charlie, except for in the Weasley's picture from Egypt. Um, so yeah, it is fun that we get to meet them, though, finally, after hearing their names so much in the early books. I wonder, like, in the same sentence, it's like, not the same sentence, but in the same paragraph, I'm sure, of introducing Charlie and then describing Bill, that he's, like, so cool looking and that, um, he looked like a, like a muggle punk rock star or whatever. Yes. But the only discernible difference is that he's got dragon hide boots. I'm like, how does Charlie feel about that? <laughs> like, does he think that's cool and fine? Like, I wonder about Charlie animal rights activist Charlie Weasley. <laughs> he's like, uh, those shoes, brother, I do not think are correct. And I think that you need to be a little bit more conscious of your purchases. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just thought that was funny. It, like, struck me. I'm like, oh, like, a sentence after. That would be like someone showing up with a fur hide. coat. Yes. And, like, <laughs> you're, like, staunch supporter of PETA and someone, like, comes to a family event in, like, a big chinchilla coat. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um... So then Mr. Weasley is, like, trying to scold them, and he's just like, you wait till I tell your mom. And then Mrs. Weasley's like, tell me what? And he, it's very clear that he, like, never no, actually intended gonna... to tell her. <laughs> She's too scary. Um, and then Hermione's like, oh, let's go show Harry where he's sleeping and get out of here. <laughs> oh, well, I made a note about this, is that they describe Ginny as still, like, blushing. When yeah, Harry so at this point her. she still has a thing for him. I don't think she really lets go of that until... I don't think she lets go of it, but like, five. ever, but, um, but, like, but she, she's willing to get she, past it. She's not, like, a normal person yet. Mm-hmm. She's starting to be, but, because she's, like, hanging out with them. Yeah. 
But still. She's a little God, bit I more hope she has friends. <laughs> I know at this point it's like, oh girl, you're in your third year. <laughs> I hope she makes friends. Well, okay, again, like, this is getting ahead of ourselves, but I feel like when they, like, break up at the end of Half-Blood Prince, she's like, I mean, I never really gave up on you. Hermione told me I needed to keep my cool around you. And this might be when that, like, kind of started to yeah. to happen. Like, Hermione was like, if you ever want to have a chance with him, like, you can't be, like, a blushing little schoolgirl every time he's around, because that's all he'll ever see. Yeah. So, that might be... Look at Hermione and her womanly advice. Yeah. She's about to make out for the first time this year. Oh my god! <laughs> They're 14! She's about to suck Girl. face with an adult man oh in the Wizarding god. World bylaw. <laughs> well, I always forget that Victor that and Hermione had that kind of relationship. I know, because Ginny says it. Yeah, she's like, made Hermione out. made out with Victor Crumb. Sick. I know that it's, like, ah, like, whatever, you don't really think about it, but, like, fully that is, like, a senior in high school dating a freshman, and that is disgusting. Yeah. He's legally an adult. He is legally an adult in their world. That would be illegal in our world. It's illegal in this world. (laughs) (laughs) It's gross. That's icky. Yeah, that's, like, an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. Yeah. It's, like, an 18-year-old, like pro-athlete who is also like some of the most disgusting type of people to live in this world. <laughs> Sorry if any of you out there are pro-footballers or something. You can just say Brock Turner. Yeah! <laughs> that wasn't even I don't think going it's going to... I, I was literally going anything. for like Adrian Peterson. Oh, but like... <laughs> oh my god. No, yeah, it's... it's he's famous. Sick and he's gross. not just, like, an adult, but he's a famous adult. Yeah. Which makes famous. it even worse. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, ooh. That's icky. I always forget that they had a romantic relationship. Yeah. Because, again, in the movie, I feel like it's very much not... Like, she literally tells Harry, like, we don't really do much. He just watches me study, and that's it. Yeah. But, but you don't know. Don't, don't they, like, they keep in touch over the summer? Let's keep track of do. Victor Crumb. Yeah. Well, and then he comes back in the wedding in Deathly Hallows, and he's like, I really want to reconnect with her. And Ron's like, yeah. oh, she's dating someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got, like, a whole little summer before Harry got there. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was always weird to me. Like, why would Hermione come so early? She's a... I almost said kill her parents. She has to obliviate her parents. And go hang No, out. but I meant even, like, in, in these books. Like, in four and five, she's there before Harry's there. Because I'm sure Dumbledore has something to do with it. Like, he has to stay there a certain amount of time. Yeah. To call it home. That's crazy. So she can come whenever she That's wants. That's probably so awkward for Ron and Hermione to just be, like, hanging out for, like, weeks before Harry shows up. But that's fun and cute because they're, like, friends, too. It is, I know. I it's just. It. Oh, but also, man. like, must that suck for her parents? She never comes home for, like, Christmas break. Yeah. She, like, takes off to, like, go to friend's house for, like, most of the summer. <laughs> for, like, half of the summer. Like, they see her for two months. Right. Maybe. Her poor parents. She just, like, cuts them out. She's like, bye. 
Um, so yeah, then the four of them go up to Ron's room and just kind of like hang out, catching up about stuff. Mm-hmm. You find out that Mr. Crouch is Percy's boss and he's like obsessed with him. Yes. Um, Does Ron say that he's expecting like the wedding announcement soon or something? Yeah. It, like, cracked They'll me be up. announcing their engagement any yes, day now. That's so funny. <laughs> he's so obsessed. It's hilarious. And then Ron, like, starts to ask if he's heard from Sirius, but Hermione, like, cuts him off, because Ginny's there, and she's, like, yeah, looking back and forth. (laughs) And then they go back down, and Mrs. Weasley is cooking, and she's just, like, in a... I love that she's just, like, muttering to herself. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, it. (laughs) Um, And then they go outside, and that's where the dueling tables are, and then they're just, like, hanging out at dinner eating dinner, talking about Ludo and the World Cup, and Percy hints at that big top secret thing happening at Hogwarts. And I love, I think it's Ron, too, who he's like, he's been trying to get us to ask him about this, but none of us will. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So funny. So they're just, like, hanging out, and they have a nice little nighttime dinner, and Mm -hmm. that's how it ends. (laughs) Cute. One last moment of happiness. Before it goes to Such an innocent opening of a book, besides the the tongue in the first chapter. Ew. I have one last question just to wrap us up. Okay. Um, And it is, does the magical world still surprise Harry? Yeah. I think that it does because he, like, kind of learns a lot about, like, the World Cup and he's asking them. Like, when he hears, like, Bill and Charlie or something talking about, like how the teams got there or whatever. He's like, well, can you tell me? Can you tell me? And he's, like, so, like, sad that he's, like, not as much a part of this world. Right. Than he, like, wants to be. Because, like, yeah. he's not keeping up with the sports teams and stuff. Like, he doesn't know. Like, there's still more stuff. There's so much more for him to learn. It's, like, at this point, like, he he's a part of the Wizarding World, but he's only really experienced it, like, at Hogwarts. And, yeah. like, in the little shopping areas of, like, Hogsmeade and mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, he's never really been a part of that culture and gotten together at, like, Yeah, but it's a not big just, event, like, a school you know? sport. It's, like, a full, It's, like, a know? thing that everyone freaks out about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, a big deal. Yeah. So, like, there's still a lot of experiences for him to have where he's just interacting with, like, the wizarding world as a whole and mm-hmm. not just, like, people in his shoes. Yeah. Of, like, students. It's fun. You it's know? fun we're starting to see, like, a more adult side. Yeah. Of things. We're hearing a lot about ministry stuff. Ministry stuff's going to be big in this book and the next book. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, talking about sports, other schools coming in. Like, there's yeah. so much new stuff in this book. Like, of course, he's going to be... He's going to be surprised until he's, like, 30. Right. <laughs> there's so much to know when you don't grow up in it. He's, mm-hmm. like, fully needs to immerse himself. Yeah. So... Fully. So and I think in every stuff. book there's, like, new stuff that he learns. Because it's, yeah. like, every every new thing that we learn as the audience, like, Harry learns, too. We're learning the world with yes. him, so. Yeah. A lot of surprises left. Lots of new things to learn. Yeah. I'm really excited to, like, get more insight into, like, the ministry and stuff in this book. Yeah. That'll be really fun. It's, yeah, it is definitely fun, especially, like, knowing how things, like, get in... Um, Order of the Phoenix to mm-hmm. see how like the groundwork is being laid for that. Where yeah. like Fudge openly said that he believes Voldemort is still out there in a previous book, right? Um, and then to see like the steps being taken, how the Ministry works now in order for everybody to just shut that down. Yeah, 
precursor. Mm. Well, All guys. All these books are so good. This was, a, this was a great first opening. This is, like, getting us, like, jazzed and ready. Getting, getting scared about Voldemort coming back. Some dastardly yes. plans happening. Where it's going to get dark. Like, about, in this like, next section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that's be what great. this next section is going to be. It's going to be all about what happens at the Quidditch Cup and mm-hmm. how that goes down. So I'm excited to whoop, whoop, break alert. that down. The British KKK. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't. God damn, those <laughs> costumes are ugly. God damn. What a disappointment. Well, so bad. we're going to be doing 6 through 10. Mm-hmm. Next week. Next five chapters. Yes. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is how it's going to be. All the all of our episodes for this book are going to be five chapters at a time. Up until the last episode. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be, like, to the end. But for a while, we're doing five chapters. Five. So. Five oh oh god, it's going to be, like, a three-hour episode for this last one. Because I think it's, like, I think it's, like, if we did five all the way through, there'd just be one where it's only two Right. So we're ending on another seven. Yeah. It just works out this it way, works guys. Out so I'm not so doing well. it on purpose. Yeah, this art, like, coverage of, like, the finale of this book gonna is, like, going to be one. a good, like, six weeks from here. But, like... Oh, get ready. Get ready. There's a lot that happens. I think, honestly, it's, like, the maze through the end of the book. Like, that's so much It's stuff so about. much stuff. It's, like, all <laughs> the stuff that happens in the graveyard. Oh, God. And the reveal of Barty Crouch. So much to talk about, you guys. Ah! Yeah. So pumped. It's gonna be so good. I'm so happy we're finally Yay! in the big books. Now we're in the big ones. So now they're juicy. So now good. they're nasty. I'm ready! Yes! So you get ready to 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The next five chapters be ready next week. Woohoo! We will be here. You will be here. We're excited. Yay! Yay! Love you! Oh, thank well, you for I guess we should, no, yeah, we need to plug for like plugs. two seconds. Yeah, plug. So, like, <laughs> we're uh, like so ready to be <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, email. If you want to know what they are, go listen to other episodes. Myrtle Bath Pod. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Tell your friends about us. Do it all. We love you. Rate review on iTunes. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw that out, but it's one last thing. We love you. Rate and review us. It's so late at night. Okay, bye. Bye.